Good morning and welcome to Morning Java. Brought to you as always by Get Go Cafe and Market, where as always, you can get curbside pickup, you can get fresh food, fresh drinks, freshly made right for you in a Get Go Cafe. It's a great place to check out and especially when it's snowing everywhere sometimes you don't got it in you that curbside delivery or that curbside pickup can be really useful because their 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 whole driveway and everything in the gas station we've set up and shoveled go sometimes man i'm gonna be i know i'm getting me some tots later i don't know about you alex uh we got to talk about pit basketball we don't do too many pit javas but they did the work last night in Miami, first ACC game, 70-55, to 55, a convincing win for Pitt. Now, granted, got to be fair to Miami, they were in trouble. They had seven scholarship of players available for this game. A lot of players been hurt. At one point, two of those guys went down. They had five scholarship dudes left. It was getting close to Pitt just playing the Miami intramural team. But the thing was that Pitt also, Alex, in this game, they got into early foul trouble. Uh, Koulibaly, Johnson, Champagny, all of them got two fouls really quickly. They sat all of them down, and for pretty much most of the first half, they had lineups with four freshmen and a, and a, and a, and a vet on the on the court, and they were able to maintain the lead during that time, which I thought was really impressive. Yeah, I mean, it was the underclassmen who carried them today. Horton, uh, 18 points, which is Biggest performance we've seen from him this year. This is the best he's looked all year. But like you said, the freshmen especially. I mean, this is I, – I, you have to look at those freshmen, I, I feel like, a little more in-depth because that that's the recruiting class. This is the, yeah. this is what, you know, you get capable to bring them in for this organization. And you know what? They held their own against a team that, yes, was playing shorthanded, but in the upper half of the ACC, I think is fair to say. No, yeah. I mean, Miami's still talented. I mean, that's the other thing. You could e- immediately see when Miami took the court and they were moving the ball, they had bigger guys, they had faster guys than other the opponents that Pitt had played so far, and Pitt responded to that challenge. Um, also, like you said, Ithiel Horton, that guy hit five three-pointers against North, North Illinois and then didn't – and he was 0 for 8 in the two games since. To this game, he went 4 of 6. I asked him after the game, Alex, He's. I said, you know, what goes through your mind when you hit that first shot? Because it seems like when you hit one, you hit start hitting in bunches. And he just said two words. He was like, it's on. And I and I was just like, hey, but that's what it looks like when Ithiel Horton hits shots. It's like, okay, get ready for the rain because it's coming. You know what? And and hopefully that's just the type of thing that as he gets more reps, as he becomes an upperclassman, like, you know, he's going to th- – you're not going to go through those those lulls. In between, but yeah, he, he was kind of not just because he had the most points in the game, he was kind of you know the catalyst in that second half whenever Pitt started to finally pull away. He certainly was, and then also, I think the important thing about this this was a game. My, my, my article after their win over Gardner Webb, you know, it was back to back 2020 performances from Justin Champagne, and everyone's talking about his superstardom. And I was like, uh, you know, this is great and this is fun, and I'm sure he'll do this again sometime, but you can't always count on this. You gotta need other people to step up other than your big three of Champagne, Xavier Johnson, and Audis Tony. Um, and uh in this game, Horton led the t- led the team in points. Um Johnson Johnson also contributed with seven, but Audis Tony did 15. Um, but you had guys coming off the bench, John Hugley, the the big the big man, the freshman. Uh, he really did well in the paint. Nine points for him in, him in this game. Um, whenever they fed him underneath, he did a really good job putting it down, which I thought was his biggest struggle going in this game. Femi Udakale in this game played 18 minutes, almost played an entire half at point guard. He had four buckets. He really helped keep the team going, had three rebounds as well. Um, 
I thought it was really good to see all these different guys chipping in and finding a way to get an ACC win, which over the past you know four years, it's been tough to find for Pitt. Let's move right on here, Alex, because we got to talk about Pitt's recruiting class. It was National Signing Day yesterday, and they got 21 signees and uh, a pretty interesting class here. Uh, they got three hometown kids. Uh, they got three people from Pittsburgh. They had a Central Valley kid as well, um, technically outside of Pittsburgh. But, you know, that's four kids in Western PA. They also had four signings in Virginia, um, all of which were decently you know, talked about recruits. We knew about Naquan Brown, the guy who, uh, you know, switched over. He used to be a commit to LSU, the national champions, and switched over to commit to Pitt. He signed. But Rodney Hammond, a speed back out of Virginia Beach uh, and played for Booker T. Washington, he um, was a surprise for a lot of people. And uh, he, had, he had over 1,500 yards. He's the number 14 prospect in Virginia. Um, Malik Newton, a running back with over 2,000 yards. Uh, in his junior year, uh, they had some really interesting players there. But again, you look back home and you see, you know, a lot of defensive line recruits, you know, uh, uh, Nunkey Johnson, the defensive end from West Mifflin, Elliot Donald uh, from Central Catholic and Dorian Ford from Baldwin. Yeah, and I, I think the defensive line is the real takeaway from this, yes. especially up the middle with Donald, which I think Pitt has a pretty good track record of, of getting the Donald family. <laughs> that, is his, that is Aaron Donald's nephew, for those who don't yeah. know. So, yes, that's a that's a big win. Um, he was also ranked as uh, rivals. He was the number five overall prospect for Pennsylvania. So a big win um, coming from him. He had 11 sacks as a junior, um, which is going to be really interesting to see there. Um, but also, you know, Dorian Ford, a guy who used to be a fullback. He's uh, He was the number 12 prospect in the state and the number 26 defensive tackle in the country. I mean, Pitt just churned out. They, they're going to have three guys in their defensive line go pretty high in this in this draft. And now you're getting three guys right from the area who uh, might be might become contributors very soon. And I'm going to be a little biased here. I mean, fighting Highlander also. It's nice <laughs> to see the Baldwin kid, you know, get some love here. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about Baldwin Highlanders football anymore. Uh, haven't since I graduated. But, you know, I still heard about Dorian Ford and how like, hey, this guy is this guy is for real. You know, it, those two up the middle, I think that's going to be. You win line. You win games at the up yep. at the line, and you know what? Pitt just did a really, really, really good job to secure that. You know, they're not going to be beaten in the running game in the future, and that's key, especially for college. And they're going to be getting after the passer. And I mean, yeah. they've led the they've led the, the you know the ACC in sacks for two years. They led the country in sacks this year. Uh, and again, Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones both I expect to go earlier in this draft. Patrick Jones may even work his way into the first round if he has a strong combine. Um, really excited to see what happens there. But you know, again, you look at this class. You get two offensive linemen from Michigan. Um, and when you looked at it, when you looked at uh, the 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 rec their Virginia recruiting class, that's also that's where uh, Patrick Jones came from. Um, you see. Pitt getting four really three four really good recruits. I believe two of them were four stars. The other two were three stars. They outdid Virginia and Virginia Tech in their own state. A huge win for them uh, in continuing to build their program there. So we got to talk about the other news that happened right before National Signing Day. Like this week wasn't busy enough. Kenny Pickett announced on Twitter on Tuesday night that he's coming back. And Alex, when that happened. My mind was blown. Pitt's fans' minds were blown. 
Doran Dickerson's mind was blown. He texted me. I texted back. I was like, no, this ain't real. Like, um, and, and it's crazy because, you know, the, with so for those who don't understand, the NCAA uh, instituted a waiver that any player who played in this season could declare this season not against their time in college football and get in, and play next year as well if they were a senior or, you know, make sure that they could play further years uh, down the line if they're like a freshman or a sophomore. And that's if they wanted. Um Kenny Pickett initially seemed like he was going to the draft. He talked about how this was going to be his last ACC game uh, and, you know, his last game at Heinz Field. And uh, he did the senior day activities. Like, you know, there were all the different players that participated in senior day. Um, But now he's coming back. And, Alex, this is a huge breath of relief for Pitt fans. Yeah, especially since not just because of the virus, but this was such a big year for the mm-hmm. for the program, and and a lot of that hinged on you know this is Pickett's last ride, and now they get a, another crack with him, and you know the injury, and whenever he did come back, he wasn't you know one hundred percent. It's probably best for his draft stock, especially since this is kind of a stack draft for quarterbacks. Like he might have a top ten grade as far as that position goes, but. Uh. I mean, maybe, maybe like bottom end of the top 10, he, if, he would if, get drafted. Yeah. He would get drafted. Like he get drafted. Yeah. Um, but next year, maybe, you know, he goes in close to the mid rounds if he has a good year. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is that you look at how he played this year and he was, he was still a much better quarterback, but again, he had an ankle surgery. He missed two games. The, the season was shortened. You know, it'd be nice to see Kenny Pickett you know, get to play a full year with with compliments on offense, a good offensive line, and receiving talent around him. He'll have that with Jordan Addison. We believe Taser Max coming back as well. Uh, DJ Turner did de- did declare for the draft, so he'll be he'll be going. But um, you know, this could also this could be Pitt's way to, c- to continue growing there. Maybe the running game fixes itself by next year. Um, but either way, it's a better situation for Pitt than Davis Bevel or Joey Yellen because what they showed this year was not really that good to think that, man, that he they could come in and keep this offense going, especially when the defense is losing so many key pieces and is going to have to reload a lot next year. But still, the bottom line that a lot of people are asking is, does this mean that Mark Whipple stays in an offensive coordinator? I, I think he, he does. I mean, would Kenny Pickett really stick around to work with a new offensive coordinator whenever he has that, hey, you're going to be drafted? He would really risk being draft, not being drafted next year because he had a bad year because he had a new offensive coordinator. Say what you want about Whipple. Pickett likes him. And you know what? They're going to stick around for another year. And I know people coming into this year are like, oh, man, this is such a big year for the program. This is such a big year for Whipple, for Narduzzi. I, I feel like that – Talk is kind of just pushed over now to 2021. Like this, that's going to be the big year for Pitt football. This is not make or break, but it's kind of a put up or shut up year. You got uh, you got your quarterback back for basically a bonus year. Make it count. No, I agree. You got to make it count. You got to you got to see what you're gonna. You got to add some, some you know some more pieces to the puzzle. I also wonder if it means Jimmy Morrissey might come back because the two of them are good friends. Uh, they've both stuck up for, for each other for a year. They grew together, really, Morrissey and, and, and Pickett, since they started together in, against Miami in 2017 and wrecked their perfect season. Um, it'd be interesting if he, could, if he could pull Jimmy back because if he does, Jimmy was the heart and soul of the offensive line. Uh, you and, and you saw as the year went on, they started to figure out who might be the better starters for this line moving forward. And if they found it with the 247 rushing yards that Vincent Davis had against Georgia Tech, Maybe that means that if Jimmy comes back, they have the solution in place to get the running game going. And if you get a running game going with Kenny Pickett 
playing at a much higher level, that's a re- that's a relevant offense for Pitt. And then if the defense can you know still produce you know sacks and get the get after the quarterback, there's a Pitt could have another good chance at another good year. It would help if the receivers could hang on to the ball, but hey, that's another issue. Yeah, that seems to be a Pittsburgh football problem all over. Okay.